Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. What? Well, this is Paw Paw, and we're plum tickled to have you listening to Metal Up Your Podcast, see? You live it or lie it, you live it or lie it. My lifestyle determines my death style. My lifestyle determines my death style. You're really good at that. Welcome to Middle Up Your Podcast. I am Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 105 and we're uh, jumping back on the uh, Justice train and we're doing the box set part four. We were really spending a lot of time with this Justice box set. Well, there's a lot of things to spend time with. It's true. I don't even know if we're going to get through it all. Who knows? So today we're doing the riffs, jams, and demos discs, which is disc three and four. It's going to be fun, like hearing some of them are from like James's riff tapes, right, yeah. and others are just from like demos, you know. So we're going to dive into that and kind of listen together and yeah. talk about how great the tone is on these little <laughs> four track the, the tape cans they have. Yeah, a lot of tape hits. Exactly. Yeah, but it's cool to listen to the origins of these things coming straight from Hetfield's mind and hands, writing these now iconic riffs. Uh, just to hear where they started from, whether it was at his house in a hotel room somewhere around the world. Now, the astute Metallica fan out there is going to... I'm not going to notice all the little differences. I can already tell you about me. <laughs> right. Like, oh, Harvest Star, that sounds cool. Someone out there is going to be like, you didn't play the third note on the... The third F is not there. So let's just go ahead and preemptively say, please don't write in about anything that we... <laughs> right. We may notice some differences, we may not, but... I am A-OK not being the biggest Metallica fan in the world. Hey... I'm fine. In the words of the Hulkster, let's just have fun with our family and friends. I have more aspirations. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I would actually be more offended to be considered a bad Dave Matthews fan than a Metallica fan. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you talk about the Lily White sessions like that. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we're giving away another box set this month. That's we right. gave one away last month to a patron. Sarah Cleveland was the winner. Yeah. We've given uh, the Ride box set and Kill the, Kill, uh, no, the uh, Puppets box set. Oh, puppets, that's right, yeah. So we're just some box set giving motherfuckers up here. Santa Clausing it up, man. Uh, you're speaking gonna, of Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it, this epi- it's technically, as you listen to this, Christmas Eve. So, wow. Uh, you all better be good. Oh, Santa ain't going to come down the chimney and kiss your wife tonight. That's right, man. He's not coming to my house. i got vegan cookies. So. He, Santa's probably hip to that shit. He might. It's 2018. I, I think that, that those kinds of trends have made their way to the North Pole. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know, man. He, I, mean, he, I mean, let's be honest. It's a bit concerning, his weight. Uh, you know, it's true. It's true. He's been doing it a long time. I mean, how long can you go? You know, it's a lot of excess weight. You know, I want Santa to be healthy to continue to provide gifts for children all over the world. Well, we know he eats cookies and drinks milk on the the one fateful night that we've all that we all look forward to every year. Right. What's that motherfucker eating? The other three hundred sixty four days Just a year, snow cones. I don't know. <laughs> the yellow yellow snow yellow cones. snow cones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, much like the yellow snow cone eating Santa Claus, we are giving away another box set. If you want to be eligible for that, it's over at Patreon. You'll hear about all that shit later. Uh, we're on iTunes, and uh, if you the easiest way for you to support the show, if you like the show, is go leave us a positive review. So easy. 
I've been thinking about maybe opening back up the pick contest. Ooh. If you guys don't remember that from the OG days. It's been a long time since maybe we've Maybe we done could do that. some updated picks or something. We're going to make some guitar picks, and if you leave us a positive review, we're going to send you five picks in the mail. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. I mean, now, just to be clear, that, that deal's not open yet. Not yet, not yet. But I've been thinking about kicking it back up for January, maybe. That'd be cool. Maybe, yeah, maybe an updated photo on each pick or something. Speaking of January, so our giveaways for January, our patron giveaways, I just gave you yours when you came in. We got a whole box of these little pop Dorises. Yeah, they're cool. The Lady Justice. The Lady Justice. What are they, Funko Pop? How do you say uh, that? Funko, yeah. So we're going to be um, giving those away. Funko's a great company. There's a great documentary about Funko on Netflix right now. Let me guess. It's called Funko. It's like, uh, I think it's called Let's Get Funko-y. Really? No, it's not. That would be terrible. Play that Funko music. Play that Funko music. We want the Funko. <laughs> what else do we need to say? Oh, another treat for you guys. I'll tell you, tell you here at the top. And uh, it's going to be played for you at the end of the episode. We got a new Lunar Satan jam. Uh-oh. New Little Satan Jam is out in the world. It's written, it's recorded, and it's almost entirely on 12-string acoustic guitar. Amazing. I'm excited about this because I haven't even heard this yet. It's pretty good. Pretty dark shit. It's the darkest one. I'm into it. Um, What else do we need to say? So in terms of patrons, you're going to hear a commercial about that later. At the very minimum, we like to just give a shout-out to our new patrons. Would you like to say hello to them? Yeah, we got four new ones. We got uh, uh, Treat Clement, Increase Their Pledge, Tyler MacArthur, Lou uh, Dillia, in Simon uh, Ingbrand. Ingbrand? Ingbrand. 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 All right, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Wow. Amazing. The support over there is amazing. Yeah. We, it, re- it, you know, we've, we talk about this a lot, but it really helps us go a long way in, in, in many areas, you know, buying these little toys to ship out to people, yep. giveaways, box sets, all that stuff. All this goes back into the show. So we are more than thankful that you guys would want to contribute your hard earned money to us little guys over here. Yeah. So, and we're doing these uh, EPs, these cover EPs. Uh, I got a text from Nathan this morning, like yep. confirming my mixes, and he's going to master it today. So, yes. and the, uh, I talked to Nick Makoviak, who's doing the artwork. That's getting finalized Monday, also. So we're going to awesome. have volume two out soon. If you don't know what that is, it, there are these cover EPs that Ethan and I make. They're they're exclusively for the patrons. At least volume one was for the first year. Right now, you can get volume one on iTunes and Amazon Music and Spotify. Wherever you get music, you can get volume yep. one. We encourage you to go pay for it. It's seven bucks. It supports the show. Yeah. Volume two will only be exclusive to patrons until volume three comes out. Right, yeah. And we, Clint and I have casually talked about maybe even you know not making it a year. Maybe every six months we do these or something. But yeah. uh, I think we'll just kind of casually record them. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we got eight more songs. Let's do another one. You know what's crazy is that, is it an EP still if it's eight songs? That's I mean, a record, right? I mean, Puppets and Justice, or Puppets and, and Lightning. Lightning were eight songs. Yeah. I mean, a lot longer songs, but... Uh, I think an EP is technically 32 minutes or less. Oh, it's a time, it's the duration of the it's entire... It's a time thing, yeah. So you could have an EP that's 25 songs mm. if they're all like really short, but... I wonder how long our record is. I don't know. I haven't, we'll I haven't looked. So that's the information about all that. Good God. Oh, okay. A few more things here, folks. Yeah. Um, some people were asking on the forums about a pre-party for the Birmingham show, right. which is the day before our Nashville pre pre-party. Except our party is the day before the Nashville show. So uh, I, I've started this super confusingly. Let, okay. me, let me start over. The week in question, which is the week of the 22nd. Yeah. That day, the 22nd, is a Birmingham show. Metallica are playing that night in Birmingham. Yes. We're going to that show. A good friend of mine has a fucking bitchin' bar called Kerrigan's. Yeah. We're going to have a pre-party, a pre-show day party. Day of? Day of. Okay. At Kerrigan's. From 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Now, don't make me tell you any other crap. Like, if you're going to go to the Birmingham show and you want to come to our party, go look it up. Kerrigan's. Kerrigan's. It's near the venue. Like Nancy. Right. 
near the venue, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., and it's a bitchin' bar. We're going to have a fucking awesome time. We're not going to be doing an episode or anything, but me and Ethan will be there. We'll just be hanging out, yeah. Just hanging out, talking with our buds. Totally. So that ushers us into the next day, which is our pre-show party at Cobra yes, that night. This will be the day before the national show on the 24th. This right. will be the January 23rd. Again, go look up whatever you need to look up. It's called the Cobra. It's called the Cobra. It's in East Nashville. Uh, Airbnbs, which we get, we just seem to be get asked about this every week now. Yeah. Look it up. Just Airbnb, really anywhere in Nashville. You're, Look it up, it, dudes. Even if you're in West Nashville, it's only going to be like a 10 to 15 minute ride over to the Cobra. So look up the Cobra. It's in East Nashville. Get an Airbnb somewhere in the city. For God's sake, we should have Airbnb as our sponsor this episode. Just fucking look it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look it up. Do what everyone else does and look it up. Have you heard of Can Google? you book our Airbnb for us? No. No. Can you recommend a hotel? I mean, I guess I probably can, but guess where I, guess what city I don't stay in hotels at? Fucking Nashville. Because <laughs> I live here. And guess who's going to give you better info about that? Priceline. That's very true. Dot com. I haven't stayed in a hotel in Nashville since I didn't live here. I sound angrier than I am. I'm not angry about no, it. No. I'm just saying, go fucking look it up. Be, I'm be, looking be, at Claire and he has a huge smile on his face. <laughs> I think the fucking Joker right now. <laughs> well, like Heath Ledger Joker or like Jack, Car- Nich- Jack Nicholson. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the party's going to be super fucking fun. It's so many people are coming. Wild. It's looking like Metallica crew are coming. Uh, Shane Obershaw from last week's episode will be there. Ethan Luck, I'm told, will be there. I, I've heard I might be there. <laughs> but we're going to be giving away a lot of fun stuff. We like to take the Patreon support, and in addition to may, having it make sense for us to do the show with our time and with the web hosting and all this, right? Yeah. we love buying shit to give out to our listeners. I still have a roll of raffle tickets from last year. By the way, at our party... Any patron in attendance gets their first drink on, you guessed it, Metal Up Your Podcast. Yeah, how do you like that? How do you like them fucking apples? Yeah, seriously, how do you like that apple teeny? Do we have more housekeeping? Um, Just socials. You know where we are. All Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Metal Up Your Podcast. You can find it. <laughs> Audible <laughs> fart noise. <laughs> uh, easiest way to get a hold of us is metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. So shoot us an email. Let us know what your thoughts and concerns are. Just don't report anything we get wrong on the episode. <laughs> don't write in. Yeah, we have a very specific narrow window of your thoughts and concerns that we're yeah, willing to listen to. Exactly. If it's if it's correcting us, then we're just going <laughs> to imagine that little trash sound on your computer. It's going to do that. Or um, an alternative sound would be. Now, having said that, we do love hearing from our fans. We get emails every week. Too many to read on the show, although we do personally respond to them. But we try to pick out five. It's usually arbitrary. Yes. Sometimes it's topical. I usually just grab them and throw them up here. We did that. Let's go to the email corner. Let's do it. All right, our first email is from Tyler MacArthur, and is a new patron. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Good day, gents. It's officially patron day. I've just signed up, and I could not be happy, happier to do so. You guys are awesome, and I cannot wait to continue listening to, uh, to year three. Also, I would like to add that I would be lying if I said I didn't have a slight fangirl moment when you read my last email on episode 102. The correction you extend to your, uh, sorry, the connection you extend to your fans uh, and fellow Met fans is truly appreciated by, appreciated by us all. Thanks again, Tyler. Uh, Drayton Valley, New Jersey, Alberta. Nice. Awesome. Uh, speaking of New Jersey, real quick, uh, a side note here. Uh, my friend Jeff Fireball. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you live up there? No, he lives He lives here. Oh, okay. Uh, he's in the, this rockabilly band, Hillbilly Casino, but uh, he, he's marathoned our podcast. He's caught up. He now is a huge fan of the Black Album, and he used to hate the record. Wow. Because of us. Look how awesome we are. 
But he had a great suggestion for the party to have a big sign out front that just said, welcome to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely doing that. I think that. that's a good idea. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, the, it's it's interesting, the culture of a podcast, you know, you, you just somehow land upon jokes yeah. that are hopefully funny, and that some of them just end up living. And I mean... This one has lived on. We haven't made an in-earnest New Jersey joke in probably a year. Yeah. It, no, I mean, I, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you when that started. I mean, maybe we got a slew of emails from New Jersey or something, but... Everyone's from New Jersey. Now they all are actually from New Jersey. It's just a fun little thing. Well, we're definitely making that sign. Yes. So uh, I'm sure Jeff is now listening. Thanks, Jeff, Thanks, for that Jeff. suggestion. <laughs> and I'm sorry I thought you lived in New Jersey. Um, Mick White says, hey, guys, Big Mick from Australia here. Not that Big Mick, everybody. Not that Big Mick. Everybody, calm down. Not that Big yeah, Mick. Mick. Mick is not Australian. There are more Micks in the world who might be big. I'm sure there's a few. There's little Mick from Motley Crue. Well, all right. There's Big John from... The, from that thing <laughs> you do <laughs> you remember the character big john he was in the wonders <laughs> the oneaters the oneaters no look the wonders Lenny. yeah it looks like the oneaters no the the wonders got it looks like the oneaters okay big mick from australia here love the show i only found out about it a month or so ago and i'm burning through the eps Love the old hard to breathe on Ep. Yeah, I love a good hard to breathe. Um, a moment when a little you're... H to breathe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, burning through the Eps to catch up, although I am up to date from the Ray Burton Ep onwards. Uh, absolutely love Metallica. I'm 46 and have been on the Metallica train since I was 16. Keep up the great work. Congrats on the show being such a success. Out of every show, I get some great laughs and extra knowledge. Like so many other Metallica fans, I pretty much stand alone when it comes to other people around me that like their music, and listening to you guys is just like chatting with a couple of mates. I've only seen Metallica once in 04 in Melbourne at the Meyer Music Bowl, and we were only four rows just off center of the stage, and it was fucking awesome. I'll never forget it, and patiently waiting for their return in 2019-2020. Have a great Christmas and New Year, and I've attached a pic of Mr. Hulk Hogan I thought you might like, and he sent us a funny picture of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that was pretty good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Merry Christmas to you too and your family. And uh, I hope that the boys are making a plan to get out to Australia, New Zealand next year. Yeah, there's not. They haven't announced anything like that. Um, no. It's just like U.S., Europe, and uh, they're going to do it. They have to. There's right? no way they're not going to do. It's called the World Wired Tour. It's yeah. a world tour. Yeah, and that's a continent. <laughs> okay, it's a continent. Uh, okay, are we doing like a geography lesson now? Yeah, yeah totally. Okay. You know, it was once a penal colony in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> a penal. We're gonna go all the way back. All the way back follow me all the way back 1992 to a little thing called Pangea in <laughs> 2006 it's uh, since spread off into multiple continents right a lot's happened over the last 18 months look at the orca whale tra- traveling right by Pangea mm, little yellow different orca <laughs> okay are we do we want to keep riffing on that no I'm good <laughs> are you sure <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Geography lessons are always fun on our show. We can riff on whatever. You know, the, I, I've been really enjoying just the the fact that this is our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Oh, we can just, listen. Crumple, crumple, scrap crumple. that. Okay. Let's talk about, um, hmm, what do you want to talk about? Mm, Megadeth. Megadeth. Oh, <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. I was waiting. I was hiding in your garage this whole time, waiting for you to talk about my band. Sweating bullets in there, even though it's winter. <laughs> 
Yeah, you got a radiator in here? My hands are getting clammy. My knees are sweating. And his head was metal like a robot's. Like a psychotron. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking lyric. His head's made of metal. Like, it rusted like a robot. Oh, my gosh. They're like, wow, he's like a modern poet. You're like a poet, man. Psychotron. What's the song about the skydiver falling to the ground? High Speed Dirt. (laughs) (laughs) High Speed Dirt. We're going to kick up our our, uh, Melby Podcast Explores the Big Four. We're going to kick back into that. Yeah, that'll be fun to do, We're gonna like, do next month. Maybe we'll do Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood. Just jump have, into some classic got Slayer. Some anthrax. We, yeah, let's do, let's do Rain and Blood next. Yeah, that'll be fun. fun. All right. So fun. All right, next email's from Brian Ward. Hey, guys, I listened to the Portland recap, and it was pretty spot on. Ours is a little shaky on a holier than thou, but I get it. From what I understand, the Talca plane was late landing, and they had a, little, uh, a very little time in the tuning room to warm up. Uh, I talked about this on that recap episode. Okay. Um, a number of people were uh, a little unhappy how late they started, but it was, it was a weeknight. Oh, because it was a weeknight. But the boys didn't disappoint. James and Kirk were so good. Rob is a machine, really has a bad performance. Lars is the reason I started drumming, uh, watching the San Diego drum solo from the Binge and Purge uh, solidified his drumming goals. Hmm. Um, so I'm always excited to see him do his thing. Anyway, my hope is that you'll read this and um, help some Portlanders understand the time issues. Uh, things have uh, happened beyond our control, and a, a, l- a late plane is hardly the boy's fault. Thanks, guys, Brian. Well, you heard it here, Portlanders, you bunch of fucking whiny babies. Come on. The plane was late. Listen, the plane was late. It gets weird sometimes. And you know what they say in Portland? Keep Portland weird. But they're not on at nine. I I, I got school. Let me, let me break my day for you down, Ethan. When I, when I wake up, I have to wake up, and I have to, I have to take out my, my retainer. And then I have to go down and make some Lego, my Egos, and I say, Lego my Egos, Mom. Seriously. Then I have to walk half a goddamn mile with the dew of the grass making my feet cold to get to the bus stop. And it's freezing. It's like 56 degrees. Then I have to go to school and go to Miss Culpepper's class. And I don't like Miss Culpepper. Fuck her. I hate algebra, too. <laughs> I like geography. I want to learn about Pangea. I'm trying to. I'm over here trying to learn about Pangea up in this bitch, and she, Miss Culpepper, is like, no. What's the what's Pythagorean theorem for square the for the square root? <laughs> Who what was your meanest teacher's name? My meanest teacher. You remember? Uh, I remember some. Mm. Any, uh, all right, let's move on. Any teacher's name? <laughs> sure, uh, Mrs. Sainert. How do you spell that? Sainert. It was like. S e i n e r g h t. It was weird. Wow. Third grade, I think. Okay. And I, but I'm my my. Because you always have the, you have a, a teacher crush when you're a kid, right? She was my teacher. I crush. had several. She was like, she had like Dolly Parton blonde hair. Okay. And like, for all I know, she was like sixty at the time. I have no idea how. It old sounds she was. like Dolly Parton. It sounds like Dolly Parton was my teacher. Oh, it was Miss Parton. <laughs> that's how you spell Sainert. Um. That's that's uh, her. I had another guy, uh, Mr. Wood, in high school. He was mm-hmm. a big music guy. He was a huge Beatle fan. Wow! And he would give me extra credit if I would come in because he would he would do lessons. He did he taught, taught history, and he would bring his guitar in and play us songs that had to do with history. <laughs> this is a song about Pangea. Isn't it a great continent? <laughs> Back when we only had one. <laughs> Antarctica was so close. You could drive there. You could literally walk anywhere in the world. It wasn't that cool when the Metallica played there. <laughs> but Mr. Wood was super cool. Um, uh, and he would, bring, he would say, hey, bring in your guitar. If you want to play with me, you know, for these songs, 
I'll give you extra credit. I was like, sweet. But none of the kids at my high school really knew the Beatles were, except for maybe one or two hippie kids. Mm. So he would fake like a like a John Lennon accent. He'd be like, all right, now we're going to do a song about whatever. And nobody would laugh. It was the most awkward thing. He always had really bad coffee breath, but nicest dude, great teacher. Mm. I also had a teacher that eventually got arrested for child molestation. <laughs> How's that? Show me on show me on the Lady Justice pop doll where he touched you. <laughs> His name he was my ceramics teacher, um, Mr. Sandoval. Uh, like two years after I graduated high school, I went to pick up my grandma for lunch one day, and she was watching the news about this teacher at this Catholic high school that got arrested, and it was my ceramics teacher. Hmm. A Catholic teacher molesting children, unheard of. You don't say. I've literally never heard of. Oh, I don't know an entire systematic institution that protects pedophiles and yeah. child molesters it was weird because he was like one of my favorite teachers he was a drummer like super into music and he was That's let, a bummer man he would let me and like my buddy while we were doing like ceramic stuff like uh like listen to megadeth and metallica or i had like a walkman with like separate earphones we could each listen to one he always came back like what are you guys listen to today he was super cool so it was like a big shocker when i saw that well, he, was, he wasn't like a priest or anything he was just a normal dude right. who worked at a catholic high school so it was weird we had a, a dude who was fucking some kids, not not like little kids. He was like, <clears throat> he was a good looking younger teacher guy, yeah. and a lot of the older seniors girls liked him, right? And he was he was fucking them. Uh oh, and uh, that's a no no. That didn't end super great for him. I'm sh- I'm willing to bet you're correct. All right, I don't. I really really don't know how we got there, but hey, okay, it's cool. We, hey, we talked about tangent. Hey, it's our show. We'll talk about what we want to <laughs> talk about. People going to jail. <laughs> Our next uh, email is from Mike Snyder. It says, hey, gentlemen, great show you got here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. My question comes after a week or so. Binge of Hardwired. He says, as good as, a, as good a record as it is, could it be better if it had an editor? I know you've covered the record extensively on at least two episodes. Uh, and you both gener- I think we've done three, actually. And you both generally like it front to back. But if it were sharpened and shortened, would it, be, would it hit even harder? If it followed the classic eight-track format of Ride and Puppets and Almost Justice, would it be a certifiable classic? The dilemma I have is which songs to cut. I enjoy almost all of it, and each song has at least a section part or piece that almost disqualifies it uh, from the cutting room floor, but I, can, I can't help this nagging feeling that it's just too long. Here's my version of the eight-track hardwired record. So he made a track listing, which I would encourage maybe you all to put it on your iPod or your phone this way and check it out and see yeah. what you think, but... He's got a side A and a side B. Side A, hardwired into Atlas, into Now That We're Dead, and then into Halo. So it's kind of the same first three. Right. But then he jumps to the fourth slot being kind of the... The ballad. The ballad yeah. slot. Maybe put a little foghorn at the top of that, and then voila. Unforgiven 4. Um, side B, he has starting with Moth into Dream No More and Am I Savage into Spit, which is, I gotta say, if I were going to repurpose the record this way and make it an eight-song thing, this is exactly how I would do it. It's pretty rad. If you, I would say, if you're going to go with like justice and add a ninth song to it, my vote would probably be "Man Unkind." I, probably me too. Although yeah. conf- it's, it is sad to leave confusion out. It is, yeah. He says the problem here is the confusion and "Man Unkind" and "Here Comes Revenge" are all totally killer and clearly album worthy. But as we all know, brevity is the soul of wit, and something's got to go. Thoughts? Mike Snyder from New Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he notice he, he no mention of murder one. That one can just go. You didn't even mention it, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think if Murder One was like a B-side on the third disc, we'd all like it more. Isn't that I, weird? I think so. I think when it's mixed in with the rest of the stuff, it's like when we have one ingredient in your salad that you're like, I like those on their own, but in here it's just not working. Right. But but it's almost like if, if it was hard to get, 
you'd it'd be like the exotic like yeah. murder one might be this um uh not no like clover that's not really quite accurate like a like, b-side that you, like, they, they didn't maybe they didn't include on disney but you knew it was out there it's like oh my god i heard they have this song about lemmy they recorded for hardwire but it's not on anything yet you'd want to seek it out and try to find that you know what i would do for the ninth song i'd put lords of summer on there Ooh, i think lords of summer is badass that's a great song i love that song but I could, you know, I like Mankind, I like Confusion, I like Revenge. I could do without them. Yeah. Like, I think Am I Savage being the, the deep cut is cool, because it's that of Wolf and Man type. Yep, totally. Black album deep cut. It's an interesting thought experiment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is. Go, go make a playlist. See what you think. I got to say, though, my, my final analysis is I'll just take them all. I like the record. I, I'm with I you. I like Hardwired. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful idea, but I think having it, it was eight years since Death Magnetic, I'll take all I can get. Totally. Give me all of it. Yeah, it's a nice, long, full, thoughtful, great-sounding record. No yeah, problemo. Absolutely. Uh, last email is from John O'Doyle. It's that, Just to clarify, it's not John O'Doyle. It's John O. John O'Doyle rules. John O'Doyle rules. I'm sure he's never heard that. Um, <laughs> hey, Ethan, are you having good luck today? <laughs> Fart noise. Uh, love your podcast. Love Metallica. Thanks for the amazing show. Been bringing on it like, sorry, been binging on it like a motherfucker. Cheers, lads. John Doyle. A lot of people doing the binge listening. That's cool. Like I said, my friend Jeff is doing it or just did it. He's, he's caught up. I'm cool with it. (laughs) Hey, I've got no problem. Hey, that's awesome. I mean, I can't say there's many podcasts out there that I would binge. I have done it on long road trips, but, um. I'm going to let you guess which band I have recently binged the podcast i'm gonna say dave matthews band how many dave matthews podcasts are out there about five really but but there's like one real clear kind of is it called tripping daisies it's called uh ants podcast because uh uh, you know dave matthews fans are called ants right yeah ants marching um ants (laughs) it's not a great podcast it really isn't they you know the last episode was maybe two months ago are you gonna start one to I've take thought the, about it. Take the number one slot. Hey, believe it or not, people have requested that I start one. Well, I mean, I endorse it. Um, I can be your editor if you you'd like. You want to do it with me? I, I would I would be the dude that like mildly knows Dave Matthews. So I couldn't hang like you could. I'll, I'll be straight up with you. <laughs> I appreciate your let's, honesty. Let's be real here. I appreciate your can, your, you being candid and being honest. Oh, honey, of course. Thank you, honey, please. And well, And it's as simple as that. If you want to email us, metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. And we might read it on the fucking show. Who knows? You never know. We're out of here. Bye. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios. All right, we're ready to listen to some, ri- uh, what are they calling it here? Let me let me just see what they're calling it. Let's Riff, make sure that riffage. we're thorough for the kids. Yeah. Riffs, jams, and demos. Love it. 
So, you know, we're going through the box set in painstaking detail. It's becoming painstaking. It's a lot of content. <laughs> it, for those of you it's that, ha- that have through. it or have seen a photo of it or gone on Spotify or iTunes and gotten all the extra content, it is a lot of stuff. But this is, you know, for a lot of us, here's where I sit with this kind of thing, with demos and riff tapes. So fun the first time you burn it down. Yes. After that, how often are you putting in the CD of riffs, jams, It's not and like, yeah, you're about to go on, like, take a trip to Memphis. You're like, you know what we're listening to on the way there? Demos, jams, Walking and riff tapes. Walking in Memphis. Walking in Memphis. <laughs> but you know what's exciting about it is I've really only kind of dipped into some of these. Same, yeah. I've not really listened to these. I've, I've listened to, like, maybe two or three, so I'm excited to kind of to run through these. Just let them play through. Is that what we're doing? So they're all pretty short. You know, there's like there are a few that are long. I mean, like the Justice one is eight minutes. So we'll we'll listen to that as if we're listening to the song. We'll talk okay, over that. Sure. But I think for the short ones, let's just let them burn down, and then we'll kind of talk. Yeah, if something pops out that's notable, then you know, holler. We'll holler. Holla, we'll holler. Holler at your boys. <clears throat> all right. Well, leading us off here. So this is disc three and disc four, and. We've covered uh, what all comes in these box sets. A shit right, ton yeah. of DVDs and live shows and Live at the Troubadour and Camcorders for All and what else did we cover? Laser that Disc. Justice on Wheels, Mini yeah. Disc, Laser Disc, 8-Track. Yeah. Beta. Mini Disc, Laser Disc, 8-Track, track, bitch. Motherfucker. All right. Uh, we're going to lead off here with Blackened, and this first batch of these are from James's Riff Tapes. So I guess he has a couple of them. Some of these are delineated as James Riff Tape 2. Okay. And we got the years also. So here is track one, disc three, Rift Jams and Demos, Blackened. And it says this is from 97, James's Rift Tapes 1. 97? Sorry, 87. I was like, wow. He didn't get his time machine until 89. That's right. Then he, and then he went back that, to S&M. And, that's right. Okay. Right, so. I forgot. Here we go. So this is the intro. Yeah. Different key, I think. But it is reversed, right? Yeah. You know what I bet that is? I bet he he I bet he had that idea like this is going to open the record no matter what. Right. Then we he him and Jason write blackened. And he's like, "Oh, I gotta modulate it to that key." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe so. Because that sound—that that sounds, sounds like G or something. It sounds up there. Yeah. It's definitely not E. Should we? We'll see what key. Mm, uh... D. This D. What's this one right here? Uh, is that D? Uh, uh, so it's G. G. I actually originally said G. Oh. <laughs> Jason. So this is from this is from '87 also, but this is Riff Tapes too. So this is Jason showing them the riff. Yeah. Play 
Cool. So they must have added that triplet. Da do 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 do. Yep. I don't recognize that. Or if that's him, maybe trying to write a, the verse, verse part. Jason's a dick. Yeah. Oh, poor dude. I'm just really excited. That's Lars going, oh, he's going to be great in the studio, I can already tell. Fine. See ya. Just a little... It's cool that there's a lawnmower in the background. I know. Is that from the movie Saw? Oh, there's some James... So cool to hear them like this is the origin of it right here. Right. Whoa. It's like Lars banging on a couch or something. Sounds like me trying to play. <laughs> There's the verse. Yeah. Close, yeah. What if Kirk is there? Doubt it. Is there something creepy about being able to hear this? It's weird. It's like, it feels like you're peeking in on... Something like you're not, not supposed to be listening not to this for you, yeah. But it feels that way. But I mean, they put it out there. I mean, obviously they released it and they're cool with it. And there's, if they weren't, they wouldn't. Have re- but I mean, God, they're what like early twenties when they're doing this. It just feels kind of voyeuristic. It feels, I don't know. It does feel strange. I like, feel mildly ashamed. I can't believe I found this. You know, <laughs> that was fun. That was interesting. It sounds like yeah, we what we heard there were intro riff, like main riff and verse, verse riff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's interesting without that triplet, it was just like gagu goo gay gagu. Yeah, gagu goo goo gagu goo Yeah, that triplet makes it though, man. That triplet is killer. That's like one of my favorite parts of that riff is that triplet. And that little triplet is also the part of the riff that makes it kind of difficult to get back up to the high part too, because you're just focusing on that. If it was just that'd be easier. Here's we're gonna we're gonna this is what this is gonna be. Uh oh, here we go. Tutorial here's, time. Here's what surprises me about that. Metal up your tutorial. Is that they crammed a triplet in that intro? Yeah. You would think that on that bridge they would have added a triplet. You know, like right. That part is so chugga chugga chugga. There's no. I miss triplets in that a little yeah. bit. You know, like. I wonder if, it, if that part would almost, almost sound too similar to Eye of the Beholder. Yeah. Maybe so. I don't know. 
I'm with you though. I think a triplet would have been cool in there. Well, song's ruined for me now. You know what? Fuck Blackened. Yeah, Blackened suck. <laughs> you know, that's my least favorite song now. <laughs> all right, next we got the from James's Rift Tapes. I'm going to quit saying all that. These are all from Rift Tapes. These are all the Rift Tapes, yes. <laughs> Here's Injustice for All. Let's check this out. Obviously, pre-lyrics being written. Yeah. He's just kind of following the riff. He sounds so young. I know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> dear mother, dear father earth. Oh. That second quarter would have worked well too. And justice for all. So he knew the title. Yeah. I wonder if that originally he was supposed to say, sing like that would have been like the hook line right there. Kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah, me too. And justice for all. He's basically cycling back through. Right. Stretching out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that pull-off thing. Oh, I love it. You know, I kind of always thought that was Kirk, but obviously that's James. Yeah. This second chord here. Instead of growing up, he goes down. Yeah, that would that would have worked well too. I like that it goes up though. I do, oh, of course. Yeah, in no way does that second chord make me go. Well, fucking justice for all now. You say justice for all. I kind of liked him saying Justice for All then. Justice that time. for All. And Justice for All. That's kind of cool. It could have been cool if it, if it was going into the solo section. That's where he Just said Just the it. one time. Yeah, I think so. If it was every time, like, because one time he goes, Justice for All, Justice for All. It's sort of a bane to me, the, the dot, dot, dot in Justice for All. It's sort of a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass to type it. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of confusing. It's, it's just been there for 30 years, though. It's just kind of now. How many titles like, start with an ellipsis? Uh, I don't know. At least, at least one. Well, at least one that we know yeah. of. All right, now we have another Injustice for All demo. This is from a year later. Let's see what. Let's see what this is. Got a metronome. Oh. The outro. Nice. Love it. That's him and him and Kirk sitting in a room, or that's James just, overdubbing over himself. 
might be James by himself. Cool. I I don't believe that uh, they never would have discovered that kind of harmonizing because they listened to Maiden and stuff. Right. But anytime I hear that in their records, I think of Cliff's influence of the band. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, with the exception of the British heavy metal stuff, I mean, Cliff probably introduced them to a lot of maybe folk stuff from the seventies, like mm-hmm. whole like harmonization stuff, and mm-hmm. I mean, even stuff like the intro to Fight Fire with Fire. Yeah. I mean, there's you know he was really into into beautiful composition. Right. So if you if you strip that down and take away like distorted guitars and all that stuff and play it on acoustic or a, uh, two cellos or something, it's beautiful. Well, yeah, I mean, he was the one that was playing classical music in the bus, right? I mean, yeah, that kind of stuff. Ideas of harmony, composition. Yep, that was. Yeah. I think of him when I think of those kinds of types of elements of Metallica. For sure. So there's almost a sadness hearing it post Cliff, especially yeah. the record, the next record after Cliff passed. When I hear those passages. <clears throat> It makes me think of him, yep, you know? Absolutely. All right, next we have Eye of the Beholder from 87. Let's see what this guy sounds like. <coughs> Intro. Also higher. Is it? I think. This is down half a step, though. It's not, it's not right. Is it G? This is down half a step, so it's F sharp. Oh, F sharp, okay. But those little harmonies are new, right? Those are different. Those are totally different uh, chords. Right. The intro we know just hangs on the F sharp. These are moving. Well, it, it'll it moves on the intro, but it's just like power chords. Those are like har- like like harmony notes. Is that Lars? Is like a drum machine? Hear the. Hard to tell. Probably Lars. It sounds like he has some lyrics down. Right. That's that's, that's, sick that's right definitely there. they definitely kept that. Yeah. Here's another either be either beholder. Chorus. I think that that's the actual key. Where on the nail? He's got an overdub vocal. Yeah. It's so weird. It's pretty funny. I've definitely written songs like that. I'm sure you have too, where you just hum a melody into a microphone. I don't... Do you ever do I, that? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I'll, let me explain what I mean by that. I'm a really big fan of dummy lyrics. So yeah. instead of na-na-na-na-na, or Aaron and Aaron and Aaron... Oh, you just make up stuff. I... Yeah, I do it less... I, I write by myself less these days, but when I'm with someone, I encourage them... Just sing, just sing words that don't make any sense. Yeah, because it's the same. It's the same. Uh, that you're trying to achieve the same goal. You're trying to get the melody down. Right. That and like, and a lot of times when you do fake words, because I've done that as well. And all of a sudden, like, 
something might pop out that's like, hey, that's cool. Exactly. And you're also going for like phrasing, what actual right and tone, like what does a ooh or ah sound better right here? Like right, an I. I um, I just think yeah I mean it's a lot of Freudian subconscious shit but I mm-hmm. think if you just don't worry about what you're trying to say well we're, we're going to write it later yeah uh, but I think if you just open yourself up in that moment <clears throat> sometimes a turn of phrase or like a way you pronounce a word will poke out you're like ooh that was interesting yeah exactly that happened on the the, the song that actually did make my record called it's called Don't the Sun Go Down not the Elton John cover of course um, but that came out of gibberish lyrics right. I had I, that remember that. Uh, cool like uh world tour organ you helped me the heaviest shit thing you helped me move in my studio mm-hmm. i was playing chords on that and i started just hunt, like singing gibberish and then those words just came out randomly i'm like yeah. that's a cool chorus and then maybe you kind of tweak them later you kind of yeah you kind of clean them up but of course yeah a lot of times too what'll happen is someone will be over here doing dummy lyrics and i'll be just trying to write them down real fast yeah and i'm like oh when you said uh you know the bluebird pulls the hammer out they're like, oh, that's not what I said, but that's cool. But that's cool. But that's what I heard. Yeah. You're just over there being a stronger. So it's all- <laughs> Remember <laughs> that <laughs> remember <laughs> that Chappelle show skit where it was like the home stenographer? So, oh, so it was like a couple arguments. It was like a couple fighting. <laughs> yes. Like that is not what you said. And they just opened the closet and there's like a little there's a, a little person in there that's yeah. the home stenographer. Like actually you said reading it back. Yeah, it's so good. But you still said now five minutes ago that you were afraid I was gonna end up looking like my mother. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. No, that's not yes, what I said. You did. You Hi, said did this happening to you. Are you sick of your friends and family yeah. getting everything you say all mixed up? Well, help has arrived. Don't call me a liar. That's I me. didn't say that. Oh, no? No. Read back five minutes ago. <laughs> Janice, what are you saying, Brian? Brian, I am afraid. I just feel like someday you might look like your mom, maybe. Should I read more? Oh, no. That's fine. Thank you. In your face. You can go masturbate, home stenographer. You want to write that down? All right, next we have one from 87. Let's see what this sounds like. I feel like I'm going to say that for everyone now. Let's see what this one sounds like. <laughs> Thank you. As if we're not going to fucking do that. Of course, we're going to see yeah. what it sounds like. Hey, the, the next one is one. Let's not listen to it. <laughs> this next one is one from 1987. Now let's move on to Shortest Straw. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's one. Yeah, dude. The pretty middle section. Just on an acoustic? Nylon string, sounds like. Can you imagine writing that? What a strange passage. It's interesting that that's kind of a hammer-on instead of a... Yeah, and that didn't go to the A note either. See, this makes me think of Cliff, too. Yeah, big time. He's doing that. Da, da, da. Yeah. Instead of dented down. Yeah. A little hammer on. Hammer on pull off. And you're you're right. It was just B minor to G. 
to yeah. E minor. He never does the A. Yeah, like right here, should go to the A. Da. Yeah. <laughs> it just repeats. Something kind of silly about that. The <laughs> it's a little much. It's a little weird. <laughs> the more I hear it, the more I'm laughing. <laughs> it's a lot. They definitely, they definitely tighten that up. Yeah. Wow, it's so cool to hear this, man. I mean, so cool. One of the biggest songs of all time. He's just flushing out. Wow. You think on, when it goes to that G, you think James knew what a major seven was? Because that's what he's playing. I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but no, I don't know. No, I, I do not I'm, think he knew what a major yeah, seven was. I mean, I don't know. Or, or maybe he did with because of Cliff. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know what a major seven was when I learned one. No, I didn't learn what a major seven was until like eight years ago. Uh, eight, days, 30, eight days 35. ago. <laughs> Pangea. It was Pangea. We're not on time at Pangea. Yeah, when I was living on Pangea. No, I mean, I wrote a lot of weird songs where I just didn't know what the rules were. I didn't know oh, yeah. anything was. And Absolutely. I kind of missed some of that because... You know, it's music, and music, you know, breaking rules is where you find originality. And totally, it's just It gets harder and harder to do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's all paint by numbers, but when you learn how to write songs, you apply what you've learned. Of course, yeah. And there's just less opportunity for strangeness. Mm-hmm. And strangeness is where the cream is sometimes. Sometimes you get to have to get through the strangeness to get to the cream. Speaking of cream, man, I should have made a big-ass fucking cup of coffee. Yeah? You want to make, make one? You're welcome to. It's your house. I'm going to hold off for right now. Okay. All right, We're at enough. HQ2, by the way, and it yeah. is 11-18. Yeah. We wanted to bang this out early. Oh, our boy Ethan's got an audition this week. I do, yeah. Got an audition for a country artist tomorrow, so I might soon have the same schedule as Clint. Mm. I know everyone covets that schedule. And then we'll meet up at a festival somewhere in the, in the middle of the, the Midwest, and everyone will be just super annoyed with us because we'll be like joining forces at a festival. That shit happens all the time. It would be so fun. Oh, my God. It'd be so good. It'd be so fun. All right. Here's the shortest straw from... Oh, this is from 86. This is the earliest riff tape we have. He's count. He's counting it. You hear that? It, he's just doing a two count in, in the space. There's, there's a one there too. It's bum bum bum. Dun 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 dun. You hear a little. There's a single. So it's stick. just the one. There's a two and a one. I'm going to go to the actual record real quick. Because weren't we talking about this, about that intro? I mean, I still don't think there's an actual time to it. I think it's just Lars doing that. Yeah. So it's just a two count in the spaces. Yeah, but it's not like, it's not in this... Maybe it's that. I don't know. I've always tried to count that song, and it's never easy. There's even the video of Lars when he's doing the filming for Guitar Hero. He couldn't even do it. Yeah, he couldn't remember. He's like, "How did how do we do this?" All right, let's jump back into this. That was, that three. was three. 
Oh, it is three. One, two, three. One. One, two, three. Wow. So I don't think think there's a set BPM to it. It's not like, oh, hey, this is, you know, 120 BPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just a cue for them to come back in. little rough sauce there whoa what is that is that Kirk or is that just, oh this is probably just James and Lars there's no bass I don't think we're gonna hear Kirk on any of these yeah So weird. It's weird to hear something that didn't even make it into the song. That's the chorus, right? Uh, I guess you're right, yeah. Yeah. so weird interesting here's another shortest straw from 86 that's tuned down oh that does sound low slu- slushy he must have grabbed this thing, thing that should not be a guitar I love hearing this stuff. Just fucking Hetfield, man. I mean, he's written some of the best metal riffs of all time. Oh, no, without And a it's doubt. just crazy to hear, like, the inception of these things and where they started. It blows my mind. All right, so I went and found this on Twitter while we were listening. This is from Casper uh, Rotbell. He d- yeah. Rolled the ball. These are, these are, these are dudes from uh, Denmark. And he, he is a friend of his, I guess, who does a good Lars impersonation, and they talk about the shortest straw. Yeah. He does the count. So here we go. Hi, guys. Um, it's your friend Lars here from Metallica. Um, <laughs> so on your um, part two of the Justice for All um, Deluxe Set um, podcast, um, you said that um, that I didn't – there was no count in the um, shortest straw intro. And uh, basically – just want to say that that's not true so um what i'm gonna do right now for you uh, especially at middle up your podcast um is i'm gonna show you how, I, how i'm doing it. he's so good you're welcome wow all right here's him he, here's him showing is he danish for real or is, it, is no, he just that good at i don't know i don't have all the info unfortunately okay um so um here we go intro to short or strong Two, three. Two, three, four. Two, three. Two, three, four. 
and that's it on intro to short and strong all right then <laughs> and well, the oscar and the oscar for, for best lars ulrich impression goes to <laughs> that guy <laughs> that's amazing the guy from twitter good job dude that's a really good lars especially especially chewing gum or going like chomping i can't speak for facebook but i do got to say we are having a pretty good time over there on twitter and instagram yeah facebook's a little more chill I mean, I'm not super active on Facebook in general, so we, we mostly put our attention towards Instagram and Twitter. But uh, that's I'm, I, I remember seeing that on Twitter and just being so blown away by that guy's Lars impression. Oh, well, hey, did, guys, what's funny is, did we crack the code or not? I don't know. Two, three, two, two three, three, four, four, four honey, four. Oh, honey, it's an easy count. You want to listen Lucius to this? Lucius can do it. <laughs> honey, even my dog Lucius, he's very good at counting. Oh, he loves counting. On all four paws. At night when he goes to his to sleep and has his little Lucius dog dreams, I have him, he, he doesn't count sheep, he counts dogs. A luscious Lucius. Every dog he counts is just another dog named Lucius. It looks exactly like Lucius. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it, I also give him acid in his water. Sometimes I like to, <laughs> I like to put a little bit of, mush, of uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms in his kibble. He loves it. Well, he loves it. He likes to go to do- uh, doggy space land. Off in a far land. Off in a faraway land, which is really just my house. Right, which is, of course, New Jersey. Here is Harvester of Sorrow from 1987, if you believe it or not. I don't. Believe it or not, this is from 1987, and if you can even fucking believe this, it's from James's Rift Tape. Are you kidding me? Is this what eventually uh, is on Injustice for All? I'm just reading what's here in my eyes. I can't believe it. I can't. Play it. We'll see. Kind of sounds like Eye of the Beholder. It almost makes it sound like it should be a fast song. Cool, simple. Yeah, nugget. You got to keep in mind they never made these with the intention of anyone hearing them. These are all just reference points for yeah. them to write the record. And this was, you know, back in the day, this is the formula where James would write this stuff and give these tapes to Lars, or they get together and show him all the riff tapes, and then then they would kind of hack out. Hey, all right, this is a cool section here. Let's play that, you know, and then slowly piece the song together. There definitely wasn't some sort of genie in a bottle near them going, in the future, no one will buy records anymore. Right. And you're going to want to save these so you can make a deluxe content box set yep. so that you can still sell records. Exactly. Lars knew. Lars, uh-huh. had, Lars, Lars had the genie. Uh, Christina Aguilera? Yep. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. Gotta rub me the right way. All right. The Freight Ends of Sanity. Again, I'm just fucking shocked. This is from 1987. From I get what am I reading here? From James's riff tape. No, are you kidding me? This is just what fucking are the odds, amazing. man? Here we go. What the hell? <laughs> yuck. Okay, yuck. Yuck. 
someone just Lars? dropped some shoes down the stairs. What is he playing? Oh my god. Is he playing like like his lap and yeah. feet on the floor kind of thing? Wow. It's really hard to listen to. It is. It almost sounds like when you're in a rehearsal space that's like close quarters and there's like five bands playing at once. It sounds like a coked up home stenographer in a box. I think he's honestly just like playing on a coffee table or something. It's so weird. I know, but I hate to say it, but the problem is it's not in time really at all. No, it's not. There we go. A little four on the floor. Oh, no, we're back. Crap. Well, that that was was something. That was my (laughs) least favorite one so far. Here's To Live Is To Die from 86. This is some early shit. So is this basically like, I mean, the back half of 86? I mean, he's starting to write stuff already. Unless this was, I mean... I mean, I'm guessing so. I mean, you know, they were on the Aussie tour, and they were touring a lot, probably in the back of the bus writing. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, To Live Is To Die. See, I have dipped into To Live Is To Die, and I, I don't believe we hear any Cliff stuff. Right. Like, I think that we're about to hear the uh, James's solo. Okay. Because I'm just trying to think, like... Because Cliff only gets a songwriting credit on "To Live Is to Die." Yeah, not because we have a short. The shortest straw stuff was from '86. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, it could be a thing where James in his hotel room was doing little riff right. tapes and like never showed him anybody until right. after Cliff died because right. there was no need to at that time. So here's "To Live Is to Die" from '86. This is early. It's Kirk. Kirk just showed up finally. Plus, this all might be after September. Yeah. Oh, it's the intro. One slide is left out. I mean that boom, boom, boom. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, right here it's missing. Boom, boom. Such a cool guitar part. It's it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I can't believe they were writing. Not this super stuff. easy to play too. It's, I mean, it's not, not easy. Difficult, it's, but it's not just, that hard. It's, it's just, just weird. It's just so interesting. Yeah. Like especially like for this is the band that just got off of Puppets. Right. Yeah. And I know that there's that intro to Battery, but and I know they obviously had acoustic guitars around a lot. Yeah. And I know that they were melodic dudes, but 
it's still worth praising, I think. That I mean, that intro is one of my favorite, like, clean acoustic intros of Metallica. I'm, I, that might be my favorite over, like, Fight Fire with Fire, Battery. I, I love that intro. Dude, let me find this cover. Hold on. Okay. There's this, I found this band. I think they're a European band, and they do a cover of it. And, uh, oh, crap. It's going to be hard to find now. Here it is. Found it. Easy. Um, let's just listen to the intro. They do the clean intro. Yeah. This is like a Seeger Roast kind of band. And uh, here we go. We'll just get through the intro. They do the intro heavy. It was a triumph of composition and performance, showcasing the band at their most inventive. This is a band called Sleep Makes Some Waves. Some of the most unique compositions come in the form of their heavy instrumentals, which combine ferocious riffs with interesting structural arrangements. As Alex and Otto are both huge Metallica tragics, we convinced him that tragics. we had to cover one of these instrumentals. Happy 30th birthday to live. He turns the bass all the way off. Amazing. <laughs> Check this out, though, dude. This is cool. So this is a trio. This is one guitar player, yeah. a bass player, and a drummer. Baritone. Pretty cool. That's heavy, dude. It's that, pretty heavy. I think they're in drop B or maybe drop A. Well, That's I like real what, low. What's interesting is that like usually you take a heavy song and you make it quiet and you're like, oh, I can now appreciate the melodic and harmonic sensibilities of that because they. But that them doing the clean part heavy, yeah, brings out other things of it for me. Absolutely, man. It, it, I mean, that's it, a heavy chord progression. Yes, it's heavy, very dark and scary sounding. It almost, I mean. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm trying to think who that reminds me of when it came in all heavy like that. It's fucking cool. So that band is from Sydney, Australia. You know what it reminded me? It reminds me of Demon Hunter. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like I Demon Hunter. See, I could, I could have seen us doing something like that. So they're from Sydney, Australia. Again, that band's called Sleep Makes Waves. Um, so if anyone wants to check, what that a out. cool rendition, man! That really was awesome. Cool. Nice. That was a nice treat, Clint. Hey, you know what? I like to take care of you. I like to take care of our listeners. You just gave me a big old candy cane. Uh, here's another To Live Is To Die from 88. So this is two years later. So this song was being developed for a while. Yeah. Hello? Okay. Hello? 
It's the middle part. Um, favorite part. And I believe he plays his solo. So he was working on that solo. squeaky in there. That's so cool. I kind of dig that tone. It's cool. It's like a barely cool. broken up electric. Yeah. Here's Dire Z from 86. Oh, he's overdubbed it. How fast he is. Not reality. Wow. Where do you, I mean, how do you even explain to Lars, like, hey, here's the one. Here's where it starts. There's so much cool shit in there. Well, I Lots imagine of gallops and, and little triplets. And I imagine they do what you hear James doing in that blackened tape where James actually has to say, uh, play it slow. Right, yeah, play it slow. Which I, I'm like, thank God he said that. <laughs> That's me. Um, can you play that much slower? Play that slower, <clears throat> and I'll be able to understand what you're uh, saying. Our friend Matthew Mayfield, he has a side project called The Blue Cut Robbery. Right. And I was a fan of that band when I was just playing with Matthew. You know, I was touring Matthew, playing his uh, his solo stuff, and we would occasionally play a blue cut tune, and I would have to have him send me voice memos of it of him playing those <laughs> riffs down. And then I went on to make a blue cut record with him. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, he he writes riffs. They're not Dire Eve, but it. Yeah. He writes really interesting kind of artist brain riffs. Yes, totally. So I would have to get him to like. I'm like, dude, I know this sounds lame, but if you could just send me that half <laughs> Slow time. It down. He always did. He was always yeah, really great that's about cool. it. Um, we're going to listen to this next. Now, this is a bit longer, this next Dyer's Eve, and I'm definitely going to make a cup of coffee. Would you like a water or a beer or anything? I like a water, please. Okay. Let's just listen to it while we get some beverages. Uh, metronome again. Huh? The hell is this? I'm guessing the original intro. Wow. Weird. I didn't like it very much. Did you like that? No. So this might be an actual demo. 
lot of snare drum happening in there. Kind of dig the sound of that snare. It's very 70s sounding. All right, how is it? It's so interesting to listen to Hetfield with, with this heavy stuff behind him, like singing super quiet rap against the microphone just for like a little vocal reference of melody. But it's crazy, this is the same song, but now they, it, it, it's two different songs. We were in Dyer's Eve, now we're in Harvester of Sorrow. Holy shit. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wait, so when did that happen? Like, I picked the wrong song to get a coffee. Then. 30 seconds ago. Isn't it cool, though? So, they, wait, wait, so wait a minute. So they, they burnt down, like, Dyer's Eve. It went, it, yeah. And now, it, like, a bridge of Dyer's Eve is the verse of Harvester? Yes. That's what it sounds like. I mean, it doesn't say Harvester of Sorrow, right? It's no. just Dyer's Eve. So it sounds like what they do is they had these two songs and ended up just splitting them up and making them their own songs. Wow. Isn't that cool? Let's see if they go back into the Dyer's Eve part. Holy shit. Yep, they go back into it. Unbelievable. So the verse of Harvester was a bridge. For Dyer's Eve. Wow. Is that James, you think, playing that lead? Yeah, it most definitely is. 
It's interesting how quiet the vocal is too. <laughs> like he's just holding the mic up. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this was probably recorded on a four track. With a four track, you really only have three tracks. Yeah. You got to bounce. Use the fourth track to bounce everything. Right. So that weird. sounded like Sandman. You hear that riff at the very yeah. end? Does that sound like Sandman? Yes. That's so weird. Listen. You, I mean, it's uh, not the same, obviously. But, but there's a straight up, is in there. Wow. So, One of Kirk had the riff tape and goes, I got an idea now. Well, I got an idea. You suck on this, Dave. Everybody knows I wrote all the riffs on Load and Reload. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows my great guitar mastery on St. Anger. <laughs> you think Dirty Window wrote itself? Mm-mm. You think a song like Dirty Window just writes itself? That was a riff from Puppets that they stole from me. <laughs> Did you see that um, the Hard Times article? It's that fake music news thing. What was it, it him refusing to leave? It, it says Dave, Dave Mustaine refuses to leave Rock and Roll Hall of Fame without speaking to manager. <laughs> you know, he's make, been making the news the last week, too, because he's just fucking dead set on doing an, a last Big Four show. Oh, now he wants to? Well, it's bef- I think he always wanted to. Well, you didn't he say a few things where it was just like, you know, yeah, it'd be fun to do, but it's not going to happen kind of thing? Or is, he, is he trying to kind of... Yeah, he's saying it's not going to happen because of, for it he's now? Saying because of Metallica. Basically, Metallica's not interested. They're the ones who got the, the original shit together. Yeah, hell, I mean, God, I get it, but I, of course I'd love to see a big four show But Mustaine is basically saying, like, now that Slayer is retiring... Yeah, we should do one more. He's like, we should all do one more. But the Metallica camp is the Metallica camp's being Metallica camp's being eerily silent on the matter. Oh, I'm sorry, they're being world toury right now. Sorry, okay? they're on their world world tour because their new record kicks ass and they're selling out stadiums and arenas. Yeah, they don't care about playing with Anthrax anymore. I mean, they're, I mean, they're their friends. Of course, it'd be cool. They're all buddies now, but like, they don't need to do it. Selfishly, I would love to see one in Nashville. Yeah, how about my backyard? How about my fucking bedroom? Yeah, come play in my in HQ one Megadeth. Here, let me read this. this is from Loudwire. Let's see what this butthole has to say. Following yesterday's shocking announcement from Slayer that they will begin a farewell tour this year, Mega Oh wait, is this old? It's from January. God damn it. How do you filter news? Dave Mustaine News. Newfriend Little. Mustaine. Orange. Little difficult. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. Megadeth's Damon Stain is fighting to get another medal category added to the Grammys. He's just such a. Well, he he is. I don't I don't I don't fault him for that. He's on the Grammy committee in Nashville. He's just always. Just always getting into some shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I back that one though. Let's have a little. Let's have a little more variety, not just best metal. Here we go, December eighth, two thousand eighteen. Okay, what we got? 
But you're right. That's true. That's right. I'm not shitting on that. Well, so what? What are some of the other options he wants? Well, I, I have no idea. On the table. I, I just I just saw that he is fighting for us. Some tweet about it at one point, like trying to get it, it, it to expand a little bit since he's on the Grammy committee. Megadeth main man Dave Mustaine says that there should be at least one more Big Four concert before Slayer finally calls it quits. The so-called Big Four of 1980s thrash metal Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax played together for the first time in history on June 16th, 2010, in front of 81,000 fans at the Sonosphere Festival at the Moho Airport in Warsaw, Poland, and shared a bill again for six more shows as part of the Sonosphere series that same year. We don't need to know any of that shit. We know that. During an appearance on last week's edition of Trunk Nation, LA Invasion, live from the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sirius XM, Mustaine was asked if Megadeth and the other bands would be interested in playing more Big Four shows before Slayer completes his farewell tour. He says, I think everybody in the metal community wants to see that, with Slayer going away, he said. Although fortunately, with the attention they're getting, they're not going... They said they're not going away just yet. There's so much attention for them that they continue to play, which is great for all of us. But I think that before they retire, there should be another Big Four show. And since the scene primarily started in the San Francisco Bay Area, I think it should be done in the Bay Area or here in Los Angeles. To me, it's just not right. I think there should be at least one more. It's just not right? They already did one in Southern California. It was out in India where they do... uh... Yeah, he always finds a way to put a fucking weird tail on it. Right, so if it doesn't happen, he can be like, I, you know, I was for it, and they said, you know, where it makes him look like the good guy. <clears throat> he just puts a moral imperative on it. Yeah. Like, for him being like, man, I would really love to do it. I think it'd be fucking awesome. I mean, it's just not right if we don't do it. What's not right? You, no already, one, you already did a bunch of them. And no one... It's not wrong to not do it. Right. That just wouldn't be right. You know who else is on a long-ass tour? Slayer. Finding twenty dollars anthrax. Finding a $20 bill at fucking Hobby Lobby. And not taking it to the front counter in case someone's looking for it. That's not right. Pocketing that 20, or whatever it is. You know yeah. what right and wrong are. Sure. This doesn't have to do with that. Well, it just wouldn't be right. Well, then what? You, do, you do that? Dirt. Might be dirt. Psychotron. Medfield's a psychotron. <coughs> I, I will say He's I, got the brain of a robot. It's made of metal and it'll rust when he gets wet. <laughs> I will say that if they were to do another Big Four show, the Bay Area would be an amazing place to do it. They already did. Southern California had one already. I mean, it's not like in L.A., but it's out where they do. Uh, what's the fucking festival? All the girls put like feathers. Coachella. In their hair. Coachella. Yeah. yeah. The fashion festival. I like how I immediately knew that. What's the festival? Where girls put feathers in their hair. I'm Coachella. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, Coachella. Yeah. I, c- I couldn't get Maybe it. Coachella out or Bonnery, One of the two. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not dying to see that. You know what? It, you know what it sounds like to me. And you know, I've seen that Big Four show. It, it's a Metallica show. It is with three with, openers. With three openers yeah. You know. I mean, is it, it? Was it amazing when they all played together? Of course it was. I remember watching YouTube videos the next day, like no, it's fre- super cool. freaking out. Like, super this is cool. amazing. You know who was not necessarily down for it when it was all done? They're like Tom Araya? It was basically all Slayer. Yeah, except for Lombardo. I think he was still out on stage, like when they did "Am I Evil," but like the rest of the dudes in Slayer were like, "Now nah, we're cool. We're not going to participate." They're kind of in dickheads. This. I guess I don't know, or maybe they're. I, I know well, Carrie King probably is a dickhead, but. Um, yeah, it's just weird that like they just didn't want to participate in this. Well, I saw Tom Araya say there was something like oh, he just doesn't like that song, the Diamond Head song. I'm like, it doesn't matter. So what? It's not. It's not about whether or not you like the song. It's it's about getting you all on the stage together, and coming together. Yeah, and, for sure. And instead of you all getting on stage and playing a Metallica song or a Slayer song, you're playing one of your biggest inf- the new wave of British heavy metal, a huge staple. Yeah, that. exactly. And Butthole. it's super fun and easy to play, and everyone can take a verse, and everyone can take a solo. Yep, exactly. I mean, if Mustaine can get up there and do it, Tom Morag can do it. I still maintain to you, Ethan, that 
if they offered him the Metallica gig tomorrow, he would take it. He would take it. I think he would immediate take it immediately. Be right there. Oh, I thought this day would never come. Of course I'll be there. Can we only play my songs, though? Listen, I know you've been opening with Hardwired and Alice. Ah, what do you think about opening with Hangar 18? <laughs> See if you can keep up, guys. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Yeah, I've heard of this so-called Kirk Doodle. I think we should play Tornado of Souls in that slot instead. <laughs> All right, should we get back to the riff tapes? Yes, oh, the riff tapes, that's right. Now, actually, we are transitioning. We're still on disc three, but they've started to call these writing in progress. Ooh. Now, I don't know what that means yet, so we're going to find out together. I'm ready. And this is Blackened, writing in progress. Got that triplet in there. Yep. These are probably more like demos. Yeah, I mean, so far, it's just a song yeah. in demo form. I wonder what the singing's going to be. Gibberish? <laughs> or maybe they don't do any vocals, just so Hetfield can write to this. Well, we'll see right here. Oh, yeah, you're right. See about the chorus. I mean, should I skip ahead? Uh, probably. It sounds like it's just instrumental. Let's see about this bridge. Uh, Harvester. Harvester again. Whoa. Was that just like their Frankenstein song that they were? Maybe. Dun, 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 dun. Holy shit. This is so weird. This would also work as a bridge, though. It sounds cool. Wow. It's like a pre-Justice Justice medley. It's so weird. I'm finding that this so odd. Yeah, I mean, we've always known that they did that. They 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 piece things together like sure, that. but like I, it seems like maybe they had all these different other riffs that were bridges of other songs, and then got rid of them, kept kept them, then all of a sudden started to develop those. <laughs> I love that. God, that was such a surprise. It's also just weird to hear songs that we know so well be worked, combined with the other one in that way. Yeah. Like, didn't they do something like that on Puppets? Like, sanitari- the bridge to Sanitarium was in Puppets or something? Or uh, Maybe so. God, that uh, was so... That was... Wow. That was weird. Yeah. In a good way, though. I mean, this is fun. Oh, yeah, it's a fun ride. So fun. I'm having a great time. Justice for All, 87, writing in progress. Let's see what that means for this. 
That's the cocaine version. Yes. That was after a speedball, apparently. Yeah. It's so fast. Maybe they were like, let's try it fast. Yeah. Cause, cause, and Justice for All is not a very fast record. No, it's not. Other than Blacken and Dire Z. Short of straw, maybe. It loses some of its power that fast. Yeah, mm. totally does. <laughs> All right, here's another Justice writing in progress. Hopefully it's not that again. Ah, intro. Iconic drum part. Little, different, new print. Little, yellow, different, new print. I wonder if this is how the intro was originally supposed to be. Like, just drums into the riff. Kind of bum we don't get it like a them working out that intro. Uh, we might still. Yeah, that's true. How many more of these do we have? Like thirty-five. <laughs> Quite a bit. It's not that bad though. Yeah, there's definitely a part of the writing process where you want to get it under your fingers in a in the real world, right? With with the backbeat, with Lars, you know, it's like the next stage. Yep, absolutely. Next, we have writing in progress for the song one. Oh, machine gun kick part. It's missing one. There we go. Different. Newprin. Little. Riffy. Different. It's kind of all over the place. Wow. Okay. Any thoughts about that? I mean, I'm just cool. I mean, that that's kind of the. I, I like that they didn't. They didn't keep all those like. I'm curious too to know like where that riff started. Was it from Lars playing that beat, or did James have it first and Lars adapted to it? Um, good question. I'm not sure, but um, we may never know the answer to that. James, call in. Call our hotline, James. James, do be a buddy. Call me back. Uh, what was the old information? Like one uh, one nine hundred. Uh, wasn't there a certain prefix that was always on uh, like like infomercials? One eight hundred. Newprint. Little yellow. 
the same. <laughs> we do a we do a um uh, it's so hard to get bus jokes to translate, but if you're not like on the bus, but we do a pretty funny one where it's these two rednecks trying to call each other, but they keep yeah. they keep missing each other, so it's their answering machine. Oh, okay. Brantley, Jason, listen. Need you to be a buddy and call me back, okay? Jason, Brantley, got your message. Playing quite the game of phone tag, aren't we? Listen, call me, bye. <laughs> Brantley, Jason, thought I'd catch you at home this time. Looks like I didn't. Looks like I got your machine. Listen, we really need to talk about this thing, okay? Call me soon. Be a buddy. Bye. Jason, Brantley, listen. Need you to be a buddy and call me back, buddy. <laughs> Thought I'd catch you at home. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but then I like the bye, too. Like it's such a, like, Brantley, Jason, be a buddy. Call me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Brantley is such a good Southern name. But it's Brantley. It's like the, the saga of Brantley and Jason. Yeah. And it's just the whole story is they can't find each other on the phone. <laughs> We've been good. doing it for like eight months. Amazing. Brantley, Jason, listen, it's gone on long enough. Need you to be a buddy. Pick up that phone. Call me back. Bye. Bye. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little more serious in that tone of voice. Oh, it gets real serious. Jason, Brantley, hey, really need you to call me. Need you to quit ducking my calls. Really need to talk to you about that thing at Billy Bob's. It's been a minute. You need to get, I know you're receiving my messages. Claudette told me when she was at Raleigh's last weekend, she was getting, you were getting my messages and then you've been screening my calls. I need you to be a buddy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Bye. Jason. Brantley. Listen, I'm trying to call you back. Listen, man. But I, I don't know if I got my numbers all discombobulated or what, but I'm trying to, I've been trying to call you back. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Bye. That's <laughs> GNR reference. <laughs> yeah. What we have here, Brantley, is a failure to communicate. Some man you just can't reach, like Jason. Like Jason, he don't answer. Well, how'd you get what we had here last week? Which is, uh, which is the way he wants it. Well, well, he gets it. <laughs> I don't like it any more than you may. All right, <laughs> it's just fun to pop off. Brantley, Jason, bye. <laughs> That's the short version. <laughs> all right, here we go. Now, this is fucking long. We might skip some of this. This is called Injustice for All, Writing in Progress. Notice I put the... Progress. Put the long O there. I like to mix things up in my life. Man, keep it fresh. Thank you. And Jason for All? Wait, did he just say that? Hold on. Go back. Sounds like it. This is These riff tapes are odd. Sounds like there might be some bass in there. I remember making recordings on little four tracks and cassette decks. Ha, ah, they couldn't even let the chord ring out. I'm kind of tripping over the fact that it sounds like he said in Jason for all. It does sound like that. Oh. So that sounds like it's just J- James and Lars. Yeah, no bass in there. How about Jace, Jason saying in that black one? He's like, I know, I'm just, I'm just excited, guys. I'm just excited, guys. Oh, I can see you're going to be really great in the studio. That's so sweet, though. He's such a sweetie pie. I know, he's a sweetie pie. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, go for it. This is eight minutes long. 
I'm sure we'll hear a, a, a Harvester of Sorrow bridge at some point. <laughs> yeah. Let's just skip to the Harvester bridge now. Yeah. So that's that's space that's the intro chord progression. Really? Hold on. Yeah, because they do the there oh. it is. You're right. So I wonder if they had that first. And then they were like, you know what would be fucking cool? Let's take that bridge. Make it clean. And clean it up with some... Yeah. like how they they made this so it's like they, they go chronologically in order on these discs yeah. of like the riff tape to the kind of writing in progress yep. to the full on demo yeah you just hear them fleshing it out you know yeah I imagine it'd be tough to like these two to like memorize all these parts they put together with no vocals no, right. no cues at all right but I remember doing stuff like that, like you write a whole song with no vocals and give it to your singer. And You know, Brad Lyons is telling me that what he used to do, and I think Ryan Adams does this too, is like when they're demoing, because Brad's a drummer also. Right. And he was saying like, basically he'd write the song, have it in his head, and the first thing he'd record is the drums. Oh, okay. Just by themselves, yeah. just singing the song kind of to himself. Yeah. That's awesome. And then he'd put on guitars and bass. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't remember if I've done that before. That's just such a... I might have. I don't That's know. like pure DIY. I mean, I've definitely done that with like a riff or two. Like, I, I have this part in my head. I'm going to play the drums real quick. Right. But not a whole song. Are you, now that you finished your reggae record, are you pretty much like in a holding pattern with writing? Or are you still writing? Or uh, I have been since it came out, but I'm kind of getting the itch to start writing again. Yeah. I've just been trying to sort out my life. <laughs> Not that things are bad, but you know, with like touring and no, going on the road and all that stuff, you I know, totally get it. I, I, you know, but I think yeah, once the kind of the New Year hits and I know what I'm doing next year, then I'll start writing stuff and yeah. Rooms are true, so real. Harvester of sorrow. Language of the mad little yellow different newprint. <laughs> Little yellow Dude, how fucking funny would that be as a metal tune? Little yellow doofer Totally. <laughs> Holy shit, we may have our next jingle. All right, I'm moving on. Right. I'm, I'm just deciding to move on. Frayden's Insanity, Writing in Progress, 1987. Is this the first we've heard this? I think it no, is. No, we heard one Frayden's okay. on the riff tape. Just w one other Frayden's, though. We heard the OEO part, remember? Okay. 
So we're just hearing James and Lars duke it out. Right. So yeah. it, these to me sound arranged. They're pretty much arranged. Yes. There's no the harvester of sorrow left turn. Yeah. This tone sounds bitching still. Probably no vocals again, just like the Justice one we just heard. Well, the drums sound better than the coffee table he was hitting before. His double kicks sound good in I these mean, little rough demos. These I mean. dudes did, I mean, they did some fucking work for this record, man. And listening to this, back to this stuff. I wonder if they look back on that like, oh my god, how do we have so much energy? I know, and time. That whole part still kind of throws my head for a loop. Fighting the Da 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 La da 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 Little yellow different nerd. Nuber and justice for all. Um, can I be honest with you? You want to skip ahead? I think <laughs> this is boring. It's boring with no vocals. It's very repetitive. What do you think? You think this is boring? I think it's boring. The, what the episode or, or just this part? Dude, the episode's like fucking gold. The oh, it's gold. The episode is gold. You're talking about this, this right here. Yeah, this is this is boring to listen to. It was never meant to be listened to by fans. Well, that, that's why we said you said earlier you made a good point, which is it's fun to listen through the first time. But even through the first time, I'm already kind of like, okay, we can move on. Yeah, I get it. This is a reference. They're, yeah, they're, they're probably you know. Back then, they were probably making demos like this, to even just to time the songs. Yes. Hey, let's burn it all down and see how long it is. Right. Yep. You know, because... I mean, I'm cool to move on to the next one. Well, I... I mean, I can see the times on these songs coming up, and it's some long stuff. All right, well, this one's not as long. This is writing in progress for the song one. Hi, Derek. Derek? Dick. You heard Derek, I heard Dick. What does that say about both of us? I was just thinking of Derek Zoolander. I was thinking of penises. You hear the little tape flub. No Kirk solo. No Kirk to be found. Ready? Shoot it, do, 
Yet a well a little different. Justice for all. I couldn't cram the new print in there, man. There's even some Lars drum parts that he already had that he kept for the record. Yeah. Not that. Oh, I'm missing that A. I know, it's weird. Interesting. My gosh. It's like fell apart. They're just a bunch of kids, dude. It's so weird. It is a really good lesson in hearing how rough something can sound in the, the primitive stages and where it can end up. Right. Writing this says writing in progress for Dire Eve. I'm guessing this is almost like a demo without vocals. Right. I wonder if it still has the Harvester Bridge. We can let it ride and see. Like they made may they may have done all this in one day. Like they had yeah. all the tunes, and they just took a day and like let's well, just me and you get in a room and get them without vocals, right? And they can send that to Kirk. Kirk can work on solos. James can work on lyrics. Yeah. Jason can continue <laughs> doing whatever he was doing. Alright, so here is where it would have gone into Harvester. Okay, so it's back to normal. Alright, I'm skipping. Alright. Eye of the Beholder, writing in progress, 19 and 87. What? Little yellow, damn it! I'll start the service because we need people with a banner at the top. Larry Singleson? Love that intro. That's great.
Love it. It's a, little, it's a little bit different. To, to me, in my opinion, you can hear the magic. Yes, of course. And it's really the magic of those two dudes together. Yep. That's that's all this is is documentation of that of that magic. Right. And of course, it could be engineered better, cleaned up, get a good producer, get a good engineer, put some good mics on shit. Yeah. And get let them all overdub it and get it tight. But right. The magic is here. Yep. Exactly. We'll see what they do for the swingy part. like an open hat yeah oh repeats That's one of my favorite justice riffs. Alright, we know the deal. It's the same thing. We got a few more here. To live is to die, writing in progress. Let's see what this is. Pretty different. Yeah. You know the nice way to say that you don't like this? Oh, that was something. That was a thing. Yeah. That was a version well, of that. Bless our hearts. Yeah, that was a version of that. That was a, a riff tape of that. Hmm. That mm. was on a riff tape. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... Oh, wow. Aww. We got two more here. We got the shortest straw. Writing in progression. Progression. Yeah. Three. 
so heavy, dude. That riff is great. Where does Shortest Straw sit for you in the spectrum of your favorite Metallica songs? Uh, it's up there. Is it really? Yeah. I, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of Justice Lady because of us doing this. And right. I listen to the way over here. I actually started with Side B on the way over you here. You know, I've been listening to a lot of Justice material in the last hour and a half. No way. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to some riff tapes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, a I lot, said Justice a, material. A lot of the riff tapes, honestly, after hearing them so many times over and over again, kind of give me a headache. Do you have like a solution for that? I mean, I don't know what kind of medication you take, but I do have something. It's a little yellow, different. Really? New brand. Really? Yeah. Here, take two of these. Shortest Straw is one of those songs that doesn't occur to me, but every time I hear it, you're like, oh, right. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. To me, it falls into the leper, messiah, trapped under ice. Uh,. Disposable uh, Heroes. No Remorse. Yeah. Less so of the Disposable Heroes pops out quick okay. in my mind. But this 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 riff right here is one of my favorites. Straw. Nuperin. This episode is sponsored by Airbnb and Nuprin. All right, moving on. Harvester, finally. Finally a harvester. A harvester, writing in progress, 1987. Remember all those bridges we had? A little chorusing. <laughs> Sounds so weak with no like distorted guitar. Splash. Bang! I do I a day that day Nuperin, 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 Nuperin. This is the Nuperin episode, man. Yeah. Pantera riff, like a '90s Pantera riff. Mm, vulgar display, yeah. Yeah, vulgar display or, or far beyond driven. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. Revenge. <laughs> I like that the word was revenge. I just went to. That's great. Mouth for war. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, fucking hostile. Revenge. Selmo seems like such a complicated dude. On the one hand, he seems cool and nice. On the other hand, he's such a dick. It's, yeah, it's, it's, he's a tough cookie, man. I don't understand. All right. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least do me a favor and go like three quarters of the way through and see if it's the same or if it's like a... Okay. Okay. 
That's all the same. Yeah. So okay, just making sure the 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 last um, nine songs are just le- legitimate demos. Right. So I'm I'm gonna guess like we'll dip into Blackened. I'm gonna yeah. guess that these have Kirk and uh, vocals. Right. And maybe Jason. Yeah. Yeah, there's bass. Yep. He sounds younger than even the record. <laughs> he sounds like Kill 'Em All, like era. Yeah. Let's save these for another episode. Okay. Okay. Like, we'll listen yeah, to that. That'd be fun. We're coming up on two hours and right. I need a break. I need a break. I need a break from some riff tapes. <laughs> you need a new print is what you need. That was super fun though. Yeah, it's fun to hear. Honestly, I, my favorite part about it were just the actual riff, James's riff tapes, not yeah, necessarily me, the, the the work in progress ones. Because there at that point it's mostly what we hear on Justice, just with no bass uh, lead or vocals. I agree. Like in terms of actual content, I like the riff tapes. I also like the before and after the song start. I like hearing them talk. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you just get a weird little glimpse into their sense of humor. Jason's their banter, a dick. Right, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, even when they... You know what's weird? They haven't been showing any tuning room. We need to ask Wes what's up. No video of the tuning room in this arena tour. Oh, right. Whereas on the last tour, every, the last couple every, of years, every yeah. show you could see the tuning room. That's interesting. But the thing that's most interesting to me about the tuning room, first of all, is they play like deep cut shits sometimes. Right. Especially when they were doing the by request tour, when they, you know, if they're like, shit, we might have to play Unforgiven 2 tonight, they're like rehearsing it. Right, yeah. Um, but the thing I love the most is when they're just talking to each other. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just so fascinated by what their relationship must be like. Yeah, exactly. James James is always pretty funny in those things, too. You just know they're not doing a lot of talking and hanging until that tuning room. Well, yeah, I mean, they all live in different areas now. Well, and just, there's no, it's just too hard to maintain that kind of friendship. It, you, it's almost the price of being in a successful band is those, and and of course the band is built on those friendships. Of course, yeah. But it's almost the price you pay because you, yeah. You, there's no way those relationships can. I mean, I could see Lars and James still kind of texting or something, but James also might have a thing like, hey guys, when we get home, to like, unless it's like a really pressing matter, like I got it's family time for me, so I'll see you at the next show. You know, Jim Brewer, they did that interesting interview with him where he he asked each of them who's most likely to return. Who's going to return a text from you sooner? Yeah. David Tell uh, once said on stage, a true friend is someone that you call in the middle of the night to uh, help change a tire. But then he went on to say, a real true friend is someone you can call in the middle of the night to help bury a body. If, <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that scenario went down, Lars, who'd you have to call? You're in a serious situation. We're not even going to ask questions, but out of these guys right here, James, Kirk, Rob, you you can only, one of these guys you're going to call, who's going to help you? <laughs> the issue is not who's going to help me. The issue is who's going to answer the phone at three in the morning. <laughs> um, uh, and that's what, that's what gets that's a little, that's, that's where it gets, where it gets a little complicated. <laughs> uh, I would say, let me see, between the three of them, the one that has the highest batting average on answering the phone <laughs> man that's like uh that's like i mean I, we're, we're down here in probably in, in double or single digits we're not even triple digits um 
highest batting average of answering the phone between the three of you. Is text included in that? Text is definitely included. All right. <laughs> we'll even throw in an email. Okay, text. Okay, text. If you p- include texting, <laughs> then I'm gonna have to actually say that um, I would call, I would go to James first because he um. Now that doesn't mean that James is in any way no an efficient answerer, but he <laughs> actually he 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 gets you. He'll usually get back to me texting before these two guys do. I mean, I think ever since he's gotten sober, man, he just he when he's not doing Metallica, he fully shuts it off until he has to come back to it and then it's just nothing but family time and James time and, but even know. if it's not Metallica like I don't think they're like vacationing with their families together in Europe no like, I, I just and I, that's not just them I mean that's definitely happening in Dave Matthews band yeah uh, Pearl Jam for sure I mean those guys live all over the place too I mean uh, I th- well Jeff Jeff Emmett lives in Montana yeah Eddie's either in Seattle or Chicago um, I, I think, think the, the other dudes live in, in Seattle yeah but um yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, in, in, in no way does this mean that the guys in Metallica hate each other and like that, but it's just, that's just... That's not what I'm saying. It's how a business is, should be run sometimes, you know? they Or if for them, I think they need that. If they were constantly hanging out still, I think it'd be there'd be a lot more conflict in the band. You yeah. know, they need their space from each other. It's like a healthy thing for them. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of respect. Oh, absolutely. I'm definitely not talking about them being unfriendly or un- disrespectful to one another. Right. I just think you lose a closeness. It's just a it's a it's one of the costs of being in a band that big. Yeah. You know. I don't for sure, man. So, I get it, man. I get it. Hey, man, Jason Brantley, listen. Jason Brantley. Hey, Brantley. Hey, this I- is Jason. Brantley, Jason, listen. There's a distance between us I'm not comfortable with. Need you to be a buddy. Call me back. Bye. Brantley, Jason, got your message. Listen, I'm over at the truck yard. I'm going to be home at three, between three and five. That's the window. You need you to be a, be a buddy. Call me. Bye. Brantley, Jason, listen, it's only, it's five after. Thought surely you'd still be there. Well, I guess we're playing phone tag again. Be a buddy. Call me back. Bye. <laughs> Dude, we can do that like in on like minute 30 of that. It just starts to spin out into like. Oh, I'm sure it does. Total insanity. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, that was fun. We're going to continue uh, diving into the Justice Box set. I like the idea that someone had about us on our episode 106, which is two two episodes from now. Or uh, one. next episode. That's next episode, yeah. Revisiting the idea of our top 10 all-time favorite songs yeah, and our top 10 deep cuts. I wonder if Shortest Straw would make it in my top 10 now. Hmm, I wonder. Should we do that next week? Sure, I'll make a list. Well, we wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, whatever yeah. the fuck you believe. We, we don't want to offend any, or leave anyone out. Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever the hell happy it is Festivus. Um, It's been a fun Chris, year. Christmas Hanza Kwanaka, is that what it was? We're rolling into year three. Rolling into year three, going to the 2019 soon. Well, you're going to hear us one more episode before the new year hits. That's next, true. Next Monday will be, That's the, true. Will be New Year's Eve. Um, but uh, yeah, have a great Christmas, everybody. And um, may all your dreams be merry. <laughs> and speaking of Santa Claus and Christmas and the birth of Christ and all, uh, we're going to be playing you the new Lunar Satan track called yes. Come Dark Sun. It's an advent, It's a dark Advent song. An Love Advent it. song for the coming of Satan. And... Uh, if you want access to this song, like a free download of it, and the two previous Lunar Satan songs, head over to the Patreon. We're giving away the box set. That's at Patreon. All the cool shit really is at Patreon. That's Yeah, that's kind of our hub. Now, <clears throat> for whatever reason, you can't support us at that level. We totally understand. But if yeah. you like the show, take a time, clickety-clack your way over to the iTunes, leave us a positive review. We're going to start this pick contest. 
Do we have to order more picks then? Yeah, well, I'll figure it out. Okay. I'll get us figured out. Um, we wish you good luck on your audition tomorrow. Thank al- you. Although we were hearing this in the future, of course. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear about it on, on, on 106 if I got it or not. <laughs> Anything else to say? Uh, I just feeling like I need to start a metal side project now too, to, to, to be one with Lunar Satan. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We could go on tour. Oh my God. Into space. Would yours be a space themed project? It doesn't have to be. You could do Christ in space. I could. Santa in space, maybe. So Santa in space. All reggae. All reggae. Reggae, <laughs> a reggae space. Just de- delivering presents to all the Martians. The Yuletide Mon. Yeah, we'll see. Ja. Ja. <laughs> well, we love everyone out in Metal Up Your Podcast Land. We appreciate all the support. You can yep. hang out with us all week on the socials. We're sort of dipping into Instagram and Twitter. And... Uh, what else should we say? Anything else? Go get cover. We're black and volume one. Yeah, it's on iTunes, any streaming service, Amazon, whatever, Spotify. Uh, and patrons, look forward to volume two coming probably within the next week or so. The next week? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, it's been fun. See you on the flip-flop. Adios. Peace. We did it backwards. We did it out of order.
dark mystery, the bone shaking their place. With broken crosses, pierce the skin of the so-called saved. Time disappears into the outward glass of pain. The end is near, the serpent sings the song of the flame. Is this real, or am I in some dream? Into the flood, I hear the earth drown and scream. For the dark sun.